Welcome in to our last SCPI Southern Section Lax Cast Teardrop. I'm sad, Jim. It's it's been so much fun. It's just flown by. All good things must come to an end. <laughs> even even hey, lacrosse. Not our friendship, though. Not our friendship. <laughs> but we're um we've got one more, and uh, we're gonna end things on a high note. We're gonna talk a little bit about some of the past games. And uh, just preview the last the last games ahead. So, um, Jim, let's get right into it. Let's start with uh, let's start how we we prefer to start as humans in dramatic fashion. Let's head to the OC girl side of things, where um, a dramatic game, including overtime, modern day foothill. What was your takeaway, Jim? Yeah, well, I mean, the big picture takeaway when you you take a step back and look at this bracket, and we talked about it last week, the this tournament goes really fast. Uh, it's high speed and high pressure. First round Tuesday, second round Thursday, semifinals on uh, on Saturday. So a week ago today, there were sixteen teams in each division, all thinking that they might have practice the next day. Right, half of them got eliminated. Today, there's only a couple teams that are going to this week thinking that we might be practicing Thursday or Friday. Uh, you know, only a handful. Um, but at the same time, you, you you know, you take that step back and look at where we're left, and and it's basically exactly who we thought would be there uh, based on the rankings and based on the records. Um, so, you know, in the OC girls. We end up with St. Margaret's and Modern Day. Um, now we didn't get there exactly as we thought we might get mm. there. Modern Day actually needed overtime to uh, advance against Foothill. Um, so, you know that I think that's the drama you were referring to. Um, and and you know, but here we are, Modern Day, two-time uh, defending champion, uh, uh, won its ninth game in a row since the beginning of April. Remember earlier in the year, we mid-year we dropped them a, yeah. out of the top spot in the in the rankings um, because they were six and six and we you know, we knew their schedule was tough but we weren't sure of how much was schedule and how much was was performance um, but they won nine in a row and uh, uh, and and took you know survived in overtime against Foothill right and then St. Margaret's topped um, Tribuco Hills so St. Margaret's and uh, Modern Day will meet um, is that Saturday Jim? Uh, actually, the, the 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 county finals are are Wednesday. Uh, uh, but the Orange County finals, uh, boys and girls, are at Irvine High School, mm -hmm. and the LA finals, uh, boys and girls, are at Glendale High School. Um, I think probably 5 p.m. and 7 p.m. for the girls' game and the boys' game. Um, but check Maxlux uh, OC. We'll have uh, schedules up um, for those uh, along you know with the brackets. So all along, your biggest takeaway, kind of on the girl girls OC side of things, is it, it's really what we've kind of predicted this entire time, correct? Yeah, it's not even so much a prediction. It's just it's hard for in 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 every division, uh, boys and girls OCLA. There are a couple of elite teams, um, and then there's a whole bunch of really really good teams. And the question is always, can one of those really, really good teams jump up and 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 bite one of the elites? Right. Um, in the girls' side, you know, Foothills an elite team, uh, Modern Day is an elite team, St. Margaret's is an elite team, um, 
and and that's why we saw overtime. We had two elite teams going head to head, and uh, and it you know it took extra time for 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 Modern Day to put that one away, um, and you know and then on the on, on the other side of the bracket, <clears throat> we saw St. Margaret's taking on one of those really good teams uh, in Tribuco Hills that just didn't have quite enough to uh, to jump up and bite the uh, you know. The elite. Mm-hmm. I always love a good upset, but um, that didn't seem to happen on the OC girls' side of things. So let's move now to the LA girls' side of things. We had some interesting games as well. Redondo Union beat Kate very easily, and Kate was one of those that we had mentioned. You know, was their schedule, um, you know, tough? We, we had always kind of questioned their schedule. So, what's your big takeaway from that game? Because it was it was fairly easy for Redondo Union to take that W. Yeah, and I think I think that that is the big takeaway. This was actually the second year in a row that Kate reached the LA semifinals uh, with an undefeated record, and then lost. Um, last year they lost to Chaminade. I think it was nine to six, so a, a little more competitive game. Um, but this year, you know, Saturday uh, they came out. Kate won the opening, controlled the opening draw, and held the ball, ran some offense, and scored. Um, and I, you're thinking, okay, well maybe this is going to be a game. But Redondo won, I mean, not every draw after that, but pretty close and, uh, and jumped out 5-1 to one and, and, and really just uh, put it on cruise control from there and ended up winning 19-5. to five. So, you know, Kate is a talented team. They work really hard. I mean, they had some athletes out there. Um, but um, my takeaway was that this Redondo team, which – won LA last year and then lost to Modern Day in the final and and really lost badly in that final um, because Modern Day moved the ball so well, mm-hmm. so many assisted goals, uh, hitting cutters, getting finding the open people. That's exactly what Redondo did on Saturday to Kate uh, is they moved the ball really well. I think all five of the, those first goals that gave them the lead were assisted. Um, and, and Coach Tom Borgia told me afterward that, you know, basically they average 15 goals and 10 assists uh, a game. So all seven of their offensive players uh, uh, played uh, were on the team last year that lost to Mater Day. Uh, so they learned something. And, uh, and they, you know, I don't, I'm not going to predict that they're ready uh, to, you know, to uh, uh, to win Wednesday and win again on Saturday, but I, I will predict that they're going to be much more competitive uh, if they do reach Saturday's uh, final. Right. So then moving down a little bit, uh, Agora beat Rest Ranch, which was kind of an interesting game. Um, so talk a little bit about that that one, Jim. Yeah, so that was, West Ranch was number six mm-hmm. and Agora was number seven in the seating. So, so both of them had, had had to beat a higher seeded team to advance to get to get to the semifinals so that was interesting enough as it was um both finished the season really strong um and uh this was west ranch i think it's only their fourth year of playing cif lacrosse um and you know and, and they came out and and led it was they led or were tied throughout the first half. Um, and it was a really back and forth game, uh, high scoring, ten to ten at halftime. West Ranch would go up by a couple. Uh, uh, Agora would come right back and tie it. They'd go up by a couple. Agora came right back and tie it. Um, uh, Agora took one lead in the first half, I think, but West Ranch retied it and and uh, and 
But finally, in the second half, Agora slowed things down and controlled uh, the draws and controlled the, the tempo and ended up pulling away. And, and West Ranch just didn't have enough possessions to uh, uh, and couldn't really solve Agora's defense to, you know, to overcome that. So, you know, Agora has been through a lot this year. Um, they, they have a new coach. Uh, Courtney Schneck is in her first year with Agora after taking last season off. Previous to that, she coached at Oak Park for four years, I think, and had them in the L.A. finals and then won L.A. once and, and went to the, the section uh, final. Um, so, but she also uh, took a maternity leave midseason. And so they've had a, a little bit of disruption, I guess you could say, at Agora. Um, I think they lost actually to West Ranch in the first game that she was out on her leave. Um, but then uh, that was 13 to 11. But then came back and won uh, I think six or six or seven in a row, um, leading up to uh, Saturday's win uh, rematch with with West Ranch, West Ranch. So again, it was two goal game, uh, high scoring in the first half, low scoring in the second, very competitive. Um, and Agora uh, gets to advance and, and, and take on Redondo. Mm-hmm. We'll keep our eye on uh, out for that. Let's move now to the OC boys side of things. Um, very similar situation, Jim. You know, the, these teams, it, it's really not a shock to see the teams that pulled through. Um, St. Margaret's took on Santa Margarita. St. Margaret's pulled through with the W. Um, so it looks like Santa Margarita's ranking was accurate, would you say, on our top 10? Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, tip of the hat to Santa Margarita. They, you know, they struggled through uh, injuries all year and, and didn't have a complete lineup, uh, from what I understand, until late in the season, including this, uh, this playoff tournament. And uh, and then they went toe to toe with St. Margaret's uh, in Saturday semifinal. You know, they were even ahead six to five with uh, about seven and a half minutes left. Um, so you know they uh, you know they, they persevered all year and, and got the you know they sort of debated us about their ranking and and uh, uh, and it turns out they were right. You know that that is a very good team and they almost took down um, St. Margaret's. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side of things, Tesoro faced Foothill, and Foothill walked away as well with the W. So foot, it'll be a, a Foothill-St. Uh, Margaret's matchup. Um, any big takeaways from this? Well, again, Tesoro acquitted itself well. They were another team that, you know, being undefeated, uh, but playing, you know, less than perhaps elite schedule, partly because of the league they're in. They, you know, they're required to play a whole bunch of games against teams that, again, we talked about it with the girls. It's the same with the boys. There's a couple of elite teams, and then there's a whole bunch of really, really good. And Tesoro is very close to being in that elite level. And, I mean, you look at the score – 11 to 9 to Foothill, um, you know, you might call that team elite. Uh, and But all year we sort of wondered how much of that that record, that undefeated record, was due to their schedule and how much was due to their ability. Well, again, they went toe-to-toe with Foothill um, and, uh, and, and and led this one most of the way. 5 to 1 after the first quarter, 7-5 at the half, 9-7 uh, going into the fourth. Um and I don't think uh, Foothill finally tied it up until it was about three and a half minutes left, and and then and then you know scored the game winner. So you know it was uh, uh, a really uh, tight one all the way, and and Tesoro you know proved that it wasn't a fluke, uh, right. but it just Foothill also proved that that it could trail in the entire way, and then and then pull it out at the end, um, which is a testament to their 
you know, determination and, and their experience and the tough schedule that, uh, that they played this year. Yeah, all year. So now moving to the L.A. boys side of things, it's kind of interesting because, well, first of all, you were at all those games, correct? So you, uh, you I, can talk about my, these for I sure. Spent my, I spent my Saturday at Culver City High School uh, from <laughs> about 1 o'clock to about 9 o'clock. Yeah, four games in a row. Lacrosse fiend. And then, you know, but what's kind of interesting on this side of things is, is there's a lot of familiarity. So talk a little bit about that, Jim, and, and let's kind of work through it. And, and what are your, some of your big takeaways here? Yeah, on on the LA side, um, you know, we have the the third uh, LA final matchup between uh, Loyola and Palos Verdes. It's it's becoming a tradition, um, and I think it's what everyone wanted to see. Yep. These these have been the two top teams in LA for the last uh, three seasons, um, and and what's been interesting is that they've they, they always play in the regular season. Uh, and the last two years, Palos Verdes has won the regular season matchup, but Loyola has won the LA championship matchup. This year, Loyola won the regular season matchup in overtime, uh, and uh, and we'll find out on mm-hmm. on Wednesday uh, who wins the the championship matchup. Um, they're two very good teams. Neither coach was really happy with their performance on Saturday. Um, so they, you know, imagine they got put through their paces of practice yesterday and will again today. Um, and we'll see, we'll see how they show up on uh, on Wednesday. But uh, uh, but they were, you know, two uh, really uh, interesting games for you know for for different reasons. Um, Loyola had the late game um, and and jumped up on on Agora, which was making its second consecutive appearance in the semifinals there, um, jumped up on them early and then sort of took their foot off the gas or something. And suddenly Agora fought back and, uh, and it was five to three at halftime, Loyola leading and uh, still five to three late in the third quarter before they finally extended to six, three and managed to, uh, you know, as Loyola has all year, they won with their defense. You know, they only allowed uh, three goals um, and, and, but I think uh, Coach Seth Cohen was a little disappointed that the offense didn't do more with the possessions they had. Their faceoff committee, Aiden Hess, won 13 out of 14 uh, faceoffs. They had the ball a ton and, and could only produce uh, uh, eight goals and only five of them until late in the third quarter. So. So is this the year that tides will change? Question mark, question mark. We will see. We'll know in a week. Well, less we, than that. Less than a week, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, we've got these games uh, Wednesday to set the uh, uh, the championship matchup, and then uh, and then we've got the uh, the overall section championship on Saturday uh, uh, at Newport Harbor. Um, so I think those I forget the times of those games. Um, I want to say they're day games, 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. I'm not positive though. Uh, Check us out on MaxLexOC. We'll actually have it in writing and not in my uh, my memory, which is now clogged with uh, way too much lacrosse busy, trivia. Busy guy. Any other big takeaways before we uh, we uh, say our goodbyes? You know, I I think I'll go back to the theme again. There's a couple of elite teams in each division, and then a whole bunch of really good teams. But some of those really good teams are getting to the point where they can be called elite. So what we're seeing is, is I think, uh, the growth of lacrosse, perhaps not necessarily in number of programs, although we are adding a few new programs every year, but that 
certain there's a number of teams that are are starting to uh, well become elite. You know, they they're going from from good to, to to pretty good to very good to 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 now elite. So I think hopefully in the years to come, this this final four won't be uh, quite as predictable. Right. You know, we'll we'll see some upsets. We'll see like we did in the LA girls side, a number seven seed reaching the championship game. And, you know, I don't think, I don't think there was a first round upset in any of the divisions. So the top eight seeds, I think all advanced. There might've been one nine over an eight perhaps. Um, but I'm looking forward to the day when we see a, you know, uh, a 10 beat a seven and 11 beat a six, you know, when, when you can legitimately look at the, the, the 16 team bracket and say, there's no clear victories there. No, no, you know, everyone's going to have to earn it. Um, and we're getting there. We're getting right, there. Right. Overall, are you happy with the growth of lacrosse here in Southern California, Jim? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I, I know we're, we're still, at least on the L on the boys side anyway, we're probably 15 or 16 teams away from it becoming a CIF championship mm -hmm. sport. Um, as opposed to having U.S. Lacrosse put on these postseason tournaments, right. uh, once we get to that level, I think we may be like 20 teams away from uh, on the girls' side, um, uh, roughly speaking. Um, once we get to that point, then there's going to be you know a, a Division One tournament, Division Two tournament, um, maybe an open division, which is how they do it in San Diego, uh, and uh, you know, and I think then you'll you'll see. You won't, we, we won't have to squeeze it all into a week, uh, I don't think, at that point uh, on the schedule. Um, but we'll, uh, so then you'll, you, you, know, you might see teams with a little more time to prepare for a matchup right. being able to, to maybe be more competitive. Um, so yeah, lacrosse is growing. Uh, we know of a couple teams that are joining CIF next year already. So you know, we're, we'll get closer. Um, and, and hopefully the, the, the playoff tournament won't be such a whirlwind with, uh, you know, three games in a week and everyone's head Right. Spinning. I was just going to say, these guys and girls must be just gassed. My goodness. You know? There's definitely, there's definitely that. I mean, you know, Agora, uh, Agora's goalkeeper um, uh, hurt his ankle in uh, their, semi, their quarterfinal win, second round win over Chaminade and played on, played on one foot against Loyola. You know, he still made, I think, Jeez. 11. 11 saves, 13 saves, but one of his strengths is his athleticism. He's right. very fast and he loves to, uh, he works in their clearing game. So he, you know, makes a save and he helps bring the ball up. Um, and, uh, and Zach Tripp uh, is who we're talking about. Um, he was actually named the, uh, I believe he was named the player of the year in the, uh, Marmani league. Um, and, but he was limited. You know, he right. could stay in his he could stay in his cage and make stops, but he couldn't really help them out in the clearing game uh, against Loyola, um, and that's a product of, of of playing Tuesday, playing Thursday, and then having a semifinal game on Saturday. Right. Absolutely, man, that's tough. Well, for all things lacrosse, all the time, head to maxlaxoc.com. You can check out everything lacrosse LA, Orange County, and San Diego. They have write-ups of all these games. They have updated brackets. Check it out because you guys are, are still all over the place here um, recapping these games and providing all the information for um, the fans, the viewers out there. So don't forget to check them out. And... Um, 
you know, Jim, you've just been amazing. Such a wealth of knowledge. We appreciate you doing the podcast with us. And gosh, well, you taught I, me so much about lacrosse. I'm just, I love it. Well, well, thank you. I appreciate that. But I have to give a shout out to, uh, uh, to a couple of guys uh, who've helped us out all year. Brandon Ross, Taryn Rodriguez, Aaron Valdez. Um, they joined us as contributing writers. Uh, uh, a couple of them joined us last year. Aaron joined us this year. Um, so they've really helped us get out to more games, uh, see more of this in person. So we're not just working off stat sheets. Uh, right. And uh, uh, they will continue uh, Wednesday covering games for us. And uh, um, so uh, thanks to them for, uh, for all their hard work as well. Absolutely. So if you missed that, maxlaxoc.com. And you can follow Jim on Twitter, at jlofty. And at Jay Lofty at Max Lax LA. Um, he's just all over the place. He's a he's a man in demand. So, but you can catch him. That's for sure. And you can head on to um, social media and catch him. Well, thanks again, Jim. It's been so much fun. And and man, you like I mentioned, you taught me so much about lacrosse, and, and you know you've taught the viewers about lacrosse. So we really appreciate it. Um, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a fun uh, Lax cast with you. All right. You're very welcome. It's been a pleasure. Okay. We'll catch you soon.